my name is Sam and welcome to Crimeology. I am joined by my co-host, producer, graphic designer, manager, editor, tech guru, music supervisor, and best friend Steven, who has been encouraging my podcast idea for years now and is now helping me with this dream. Hey Sam, nice to uh, be on here. That might be a little bit more credit than where credit's due, but I'll take it. <laughs> he will be popping in and out of episodes with little tidbits that he's learning with these cases. And who knows, might just take the lead on a few episodes while I sit in the back. I want to personally thank you for taking some time out and listening to this episode. We have worked hard on getting this podcast up and running, and we have so many ideas for the future. By the time you're hearing this first episode, Stephen and I would have been working on this for about two weeks, and I can say we have had the biggest smile on our face this whole time, and we have been so giddy. We're so excited to get this project up and running, so thank you for listening to all of our hard work. If you haven't yet, go follow our social media accounts at CrimeologyPod. We'll be posting more information about the cases we cover and letting you know when episodes will be live. If you have a case you want us to cover, or you have a case that you want to come on an episode and talk with us about, shoot us an email at CrimeologyPod at gmail.com and we'll get that started. Now, before we jump into our first case, I have to come clean. I said that this wasn't going to be another murder podcast. And that's kind of my fault, so (laughs) yeah. But this first case is covering a murder. This episode is called The Pilot for a Reason, and it's it's an idea that Stephen had. He wanted to play on the word pilot. You know, with TV shows, they always have their first episode is always called The Pilot. So I thought, what a better way to find a pilot flight inspired crime. And I found one somehow and Sam ran with it and within a day had the full list of what she wanted to say ready. So she's pretty excited about this one, too. So if murder cases isn't your thing, that's no big deal. You can skip this week and just check us out next week. But with that being said, let's jump into our first episode, The Pilot. Christian Richard Martin, known to some as Kit, was 51 when he was arrested on May 11, 2019, just before he was supposed to fly an American Airlines flight from Louisville. He was charged in connection with a 2015 triple homicide. So when I first found the story and went off this idea of, quote unquote, the pilot, um, I read some of the accounts from the newspaper and the various news outlets that were interviewing people that were on on that flight about to take off. And they were wild. Some of these people were like, we don't know what's going on. They police just came in here and arrested our pilot, this and that. And... I think in I think they ended up they had they waited on the plane for like an hour and a half or two hours ridiculous amount of time and then they ended up getting switched to another plane and then they and then they took off so I thought just in that part this this case gets a lot more wild but just to start off with that uh, your pilot gets arrested so then you have to wait forever just to get off the plane to go onto another plane I can't imagine and that's not even you know we've all had those ones of where. You have to either run to miss, you know, so you don't miss your connecting flight or your your plane's delayed or something like that. But I can't even imagine going through this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'd be so frustrated. The victims were husband and wife, Calvin and Pamela Phillips, 
along with Edward Dantrow. The arrest came a day after Christian County Grand Jury indicted Martin on murder and arson charges. Officials didn't provide a motive, but after the arrest warrant, news reporters said that Martin had been tried by court-martial when he was in the U.S. Army for child sexual abuse charges, among other charges, and that the Phillips were scheduled to be witnesses against him. So this is all that was said about Martin after he was arrested. But over time, new information came to light, and we'll talk about that as the story goes on. So I know after hearing just this little bit, you're thinking, done deal, case closed. Yep. That's the motive he's guilty. Book him, lock him up. And I thought the same thing. But stay with us till the end, and maybe your opinion will change a little bit. So let's talk about where these sexual abuse charges come from. At the time of Martin's arrest, he was married to Joan Harmon Guerra. And Guerra has a funny little story about her. She pled guilty to felony bigamy charges in the middle of everything going on. If you don't know what bigamy is, join the club. We didn't either. So a simple Google search. It's when someone has more than one spouse in any state within the country. And it's a crime that could place a person behind bars. So going into a little more detail, Guerra tells her oldest son that his father was decapitated in a logging accident. Say what? But the man is alive and well today. She then married another man, did not obtain a divorce, then married Martin. Later on in an interview... Martin said that Kiara even went to extremes and kidnapped her daughters from the man she was still married to when Kiara and him got married. She pled guilty of these charges and entered a pre-trial diversion program where charges would be dismissed if she stayed clean. At the time, she made no allegations that she was sexually or physically abused by Martin but she did tell her new, now no new boy at the time, that Martin was a spy. So not related to Guerra's claims, Martin had to go through a three-hour-long polygraph test. Three hours? Where can we just stop and t- think about this for a little second? Three hours is a long time. You know, three hours, that's how long people had to wait to get to their new plane. <laughs> to get on the plane. Three hours comes full circle. Three hours, a polygraph test being strapped in for that long. Under that, just I'm assuming I've never done one. And I'm right. sure hope you haven't either at this point in our life. Um, I sure hope, man, it just seems that's I'm just assuming it's a dark, you know, like in the movies, they got the dark room and the yes. one light. Where right were you there? Face. Yeah, I couldn't imagine sitting in a room for three hours where people are doing literally nothing but trying to convince you to confess to a murder. So that's what's wild to me. He did come out clear after the polygraph, and so sometime after this is when Guerra came out and said that Martin sexually abused her child and he had murdered these three individuals. So why would her story change so suddenly? All of a sudden. She's like, yeah, all of this happened. If these claims came out to be true, Guerra could have been rewarded with a six-figure settlement from the army. I should mention at this time that the sexual abuse charges were dismissed, but that money could have been helpful. That money, let me just tell you, 
I mean, I, it doesn't say exactly how much six figures of a settlement would be, but... It's still six figures. That's still six figures. You know, anything over, you know, maybe, like, what, $40,000? Right. I might flip my story for. Right. There's a lot I would do for $40,000. <laughs> At the beginning of this story, I mentioned that there were other charges that Martin was tried for, along with the sexual abuse claims. Those turned out to be two simple assaults and two counts of mishandling classified documents, which are both misdemeanors that cost him his retirement. So he's not off clear. He does have a record now. And we do see a time later on that that does come to bite him. Martin's first wife, on the other hand, Stacy Stone, says there's absolutely no way Martin could have committed these crimes. She says Martin is one of those people that everything's in black and white and there's no gray area. Wrong is wrong and that's it. She came public and said all of this a couple of months after Martin's arrest. So she said that a couple months after. Why not say that like within a like a couple weeks of like, hey, so. That's what I tried to look in the article and she never, I don't think anybody ever asked her and I don't think she ever said anything. So that's another, maybe... I don't know, maybe they didn't have anything on him to begin with, and then all of this happens with Guerra, and maybe that's what that's the only thing I can think yeah. of. Well and and it's it's weird to me that she says everything's black and white, but his you know, those two counts of mishandling right. classified documents. Like, you either don't know what you're doing, number one. Right. And you're like, oh crap, oops. 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 <laughs> Big oops. Big oops. <laughs> Or number two, you know what, you you're, know what doing you're doing and you're sliding information some way or another. Right. And so, I'm, I'm not judging anyway, not, but from what Stacy's saying of it's black and white. Obviously not. There's a little bit of gray there's in between that bit. black and white. Now, I told you that the Phillips were supposed to testify against Martin during his court-martial and that everyone looked at this as the main motive for the killings. As they should, probably. But let's go into a little more detail about that. A private investigator working for Martin says he interviewed Calvin Phillips two weeks before his murder. And he says that Phillips was actually going to testify against Guerra. And that if anyone would benefit from his silence, it would be Guerra. So she could have a chance at, you know, hypothetically... Um, a six-figure payday, mm-hmm. and possibly her ex-husband going to jail. Right. That's a that's a pretty nice little platter of motive. Yeah. <laughs> so Calvin's body was found at Calvin's home in the cellar where he was shot to death, and Pamela and Ed's body were found in a burnt car several miles from the house in a cornfield. Some believe that the killer was looking for just Calvin and that Pamela and Ed just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So that's that's also something that I've noticed in, you know, looking through some of these crimes and whatnot. The the car or wherever that, if it's a first body or even secondary mm-hmm. and plus, it's almost always just a few miles from wherever that crime scene is. <laughs> Like, you're not trying very hard. Just like, I mean, and there's some of those that we'll probably get to in the future of like, the, you know, it's just, well, a couple streets down. Hot jump skip over. Yeah. 
And that's that's always just, I mean, which, I mean, hey, if you just committed a crime, right. you're, all right, let's dump this and let's get out of here. Right, right. When Martin was arrested, he was placed on a $3 million bond. Some concerns that the court had in letting Martin go was that he was a pilot and could very easily fly away to never be seen again. And also, Martin now has a record, so it might have been a little different if Martin wasn't charged with those misdemeanors, but he was, so now things are different. Right, and I'll tell you this, if you're a pilot, and I, I know a couple, one or you know, here and there, it's pretty easy to, especially if you've got a smaller aircraft, obviously not something like he's normally flying, mm-hmm. one of those, you know, 737 or something like that with, with American Airlines. Flying some of those little planes, man, you can just, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go here and just jet away and no one ever knows and you would just be gone forever. Like, just vanish. I have a friend who has a friend who is a pilot and all the time they'll just jump into an airplane and go to Oklahoma City. So the fact that it's that easy for them, I guess naively I in the flight world thought you had to plan out flights in advance to do little things like that but i guess you don't have to so i guess in my mind i'm glad people are smarter than i am because i wouldn't have thought oh he's a pilot he can just leave whenever he wanted to because i thought flights were scheduled so there is some that are you know when you get the to the more major airlines right but you know some of those little just they'll they'll just there's a couple airports around us where they'll just just, just fly around. Just, what a life! Just to, just for fun. What a life! So anyway, enough of pilot lessons <laughs> with Stephen and Sam. The court also found it weird that Martin had several email accounts, and found it weird that his phone was under someone else's name. Martin came back at these and said, "Nowadays, everyone has more than one email address," and that his phone was under his then wife's family plan. Um, yeah, I definitely can buy the whole uh, email. I'm pretty sure I've got probably f- five to ten I've somewhere got max in there. Five. Yeah. And then I'm on my family's phone plan, yep. so I'm in the same boat he's in. A year after Martin's arrest, he appeared in court via video conference while his attorney argued that his bail should be reduced. A Christian County judge made the ruling later on that the bond would not be lowered. Yeah, that's quite a bail. I know you said $3 million, but I'm just trying to process that. Of like, that's that's a ton. A massive amount of money. That's crazy. But, but yeah. In an article from September 2020, it said there was less evidence now than there ever was before. All kinds of items were tested for DNA from the murder scene, and none of it matched Martin. The only key evidence they had against Martin was that a shell casing from his gun was found at the scene of the murder. But here's the kicker. The shell was not discovered by police or at the time of the murder. I mean, clearly that's got to be a plant, right? Like you could just, oh, hey, yeah, I need some of your ammo. Uh, You just just come and say, oh, I found this. And police were like, okay. Okay, (laughs) yep, sure, that works. The shell casing was discovered by someone related to the case and later after the crime scene was already investigated. This person was put through a polygraph test 
where they failed when asked if they knew how the shell got to the scene of the murder. Number one, giant red flag. Giant red flag. It's like... Uh, if you fail a polygraph test, hello. How, like, that should clearly... That should just throw every... Uh, okay, not everything. But that should throw out, like, a good chunk of... At least your credibility right. should go out the window. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this was definitely here. Uh, that's a lie. Oh, um, hmm, interesting. Great. Great, lovely. According to Kentucky State Police, the bullets that killed the victims could not be linked to Martin's gun. So, either, Again. number one, it was not him. Right. Number two. He got a different gun. He got a different gun. Because clearly, you know, based on all the TV, you know, very true TV shows that we see out there. <laughs> right. It's very easy to get a gun with right an everyday purchase yeah and and where this where this town is in in kentucky it's a little bitty town it's outside a little bit bigger town but it's kind of really out in the middle of nowhere and it's not like you couldn't just be like hey bud give me your gun for the day and then a murder happens and your bud's like huh Huh. suspicious what happened (laughs) (laughs) the people in the town of pembroke kentucky on the other hand have their minds made up. Of course they would. Justin Harmon, who is Guerra's son, said that when Martin was out and about, he was great to everyone, but behind closed doors, he was a monster. Justin was the individual that Guerra said Martin abused, which brought on all of these allegations. But also don't forget that these allegations come after Martin goes to Ed and talks about wanting to get a divorce from Guerra. Another little bit of information. During this time, it was said that Calvin and Guerra were having an affair. Well, man, that just that just really throws a whole wrench into what I was thinking. This case is thing upon thing upon thing. New information. Layers upon layers. Layers and layers and layers. So obviously an affair. Some believe this could have been another motive for the killings. Justin lived with Martin for eight years, and during this time, there were two police warrants and multiple interviews that were made to the house, but no arrest was ever made. The people in this town believe that Martin needed Calvin gone. They believe that Martin is the one to blame, and there's no changing their minds. I mean, in the whole grand scheme of things, it makes sense. I mean, their story... Of how everything tra- mm-hmm. transpired. That makes sense of if Calvin knows something. Right. That's obviously, that's, boom. That That's what's going to get you. But, and then on the other side of it, if Gara and Calvin are having a thing. Right. And then they find, and um, and Christian finds out about it. It's just like, well, yeah. it, there's... There's many layers that this can right. go, and you're you're on the highway right now, and you're just making loops. <laughs> just going around. You're just in a clover leaf, and just. When first reading this, I was like, "There's no way it's not him. Like this is him, one hundred percent. It's him." Then you hear all of this that happens with the wife, and so then I go into like a, "Okay, then there's no way it's him." But now after reading about what people say in the hometown, like. Obviously, we both come from home, like small towns. Right. People talk, 
and you know everything about everything before that person even knows. Yep. So the fact that everybody in the hometown is like, nope, he did it. It kind of changes your mind to say, okay, well, people know. Well, it'll it'll be interesting. So he Martin's got a he, Christian Martin. He's got to wait until May of of twenty twenty one this year so he can finally defend himself. So he's got a. I mean, he's been waiting for what couple you know, year and a half. Year. To oh, talk. Uh, two, two years to, to finally be able to defend himself. That's crazy to me, too. That you're just stuck on a $3 million... What is it? A $3, $3 million th- bond. Million dollar bond. Yeah. Like, who's going to come up with that money? <laughs> you're, you're not just, leaving any You're just sitting soon, there. But... You're, you're, you're up, a, up a creek there. <laughs> so, whenever we... Whenever more information comes out, we'll we'll definitely do a... a what we'll call a revisited po- uh, podcast. And... Um, probably it'll be a summer episode somewhere in there because we'd like for all the information to fully come to out, out and yeah. we can finally get all that up, up and going. So you've probably, with all of this information, you know, you're left to make your own guess of what happened. Um, and we'll touch back with this case later on. So make sure you're following our social medias so you can be informed of when that case goes live. And this is a crime I've never heard of before, and I'm sure American Airlines didn't want us to hear about it either. And so these are the type of crimes we want to do, something you've never heard of before. And like I said at the beginning, not every case will be a murder. This Sorry, my fault. This just happens to be a special one. We'll have missing people cases, aliens, aliens. talking about people on the FBI's most wanted list, so we've got a lot more coming. And and on the podcast that I'll be on, I'm going to try. Uh, I'm a fan of heists and robbery. So I'm definitely going to try and push Sam to uh, to have me on maybe after this. And um, <laughs> we'll jump on that wagon. And, and jump on the, uh, the robbery wagon. All right. Now we're going to do our Florida Man Minute. This was also Stephen's idea. If you remember a little bit ago, I say a little bit, maybe a year ago, on social media, this trend was going around where you Googled your birthday along with the words Florida man, and you just laughed at the articles that would come up when when this was going on. I thought this would be the perfect little segment for a podcast. So each week, Stephen's going to Google a random date along with the words Florida man, and we'll just say... What comes up? So, in honor of uh, this first episode, Sam started working on this case uh, about two weeks ago. So, we're going to run with the uh, January 20th of 2021 this year. So, uh, his name is Daniel Christopher Booth. Uh, Booth had warrants out uh, for his arrest for selling methamphetamines. Um, so, when a deputy attempted to arrest Booth at at his work, Booth took off running. You know, like you, do. like you always do. You know, when you run from the cops, <laughs> that's that always ends well, right? So he he then tried to hide in a pond, and you know, most ponds in Florida, I'm guessing, <laughs> haven't seen them all, but I'm guessing just off some of them I have. Not great. <laughs> if I'm running from the cops, I'm definitely going to a pond. That's my in first Florida. place that I'm going to. Yeah, you know, alligators, you know, just or whatever's down there. Right. Whatever's in the water. 
Um, so yeah, he uh, he tried to straight up action movie his himself into this and hide underwater so the cops don't find him. Sam, do you see a problem with this here? <laughs> Listen, I've always wanted to be in an action movie, but this is the last thing I would have thought to be doing in the moment. This is the opposite of an action movie. <laughs> so what Booth didn't, didn't have was... Uh, common sense um or anything to help him breathe underwater like most humans do uh so when he came back to the surface to get a breath of air he was caught and then arrested uh booth was then walked back to the deputy's vehicle soaking and well soaking wet and probably maybe stinky (laughs) and probably stinky so uh, Booth also faced additional charges for the planned escape attempt, even if it didn't go the way he wanted it to. He planned that. I think 100% he's at work thinking if they showed up, where would I go? Because my mind would not go to pond, get in the pond. Yeah. I would just continue running. Just run. So, find, find somewhere to hide or anything like that. He's on Google Maps looking <laughs> at the terrain around him. Golly. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the Florida Man Minute for this week. Pretty, pretty good start. Pretty good one. <laughs> pretty good start. Excited for next week. And that's it. That's episode one. So thank you for sticking with us till the end. Come back next week for episode two. My name is Samantha Suarez. I'm Stephen Morrison. And this is Crimeology. Crimeology.